Hello and welcome to the first in a series of podcasts uh, titled What Music Means to Me, uh, which is going to be a series of podcasts uh, with musical guests discussing um, how music has shaped their lives and uh, creativity, uh, what part creativity plays in their lives. And for our first podcast, we're very lucky to have Joe Herring, uh, who's here today, and Joe's going to be uh, telling us a little about a bit about her musical life and creative life and many other things, I'm sure. So, um, without further ado, Joe. Um, so, you're not native to Liverpool, um, Joe. Uh, so, what what was it that brought you here? Um, I was a student back in uh, 1999. I came to Liverpool quite a while ago. Yeah, so I came and did um, as a fine art student. <coughs> and yeah. what was it? Was there anything in particular about Liverpool that made you just I choose just, Liverpool um, to study here? It was just or? a feeling, I guess. Like, oh, the, well, it was the the course was kind of the the actual course was a bit more open. Like, I hadn't decided what sort of part. If I was a fine art painter or sculptor, I hadn't decided. Like, I, I always felt a bit uncomfortable with those kind of like definitions and labels. So the course was a bit more open. And when I visited, I just you know it just kind of felt felt right. Out of vibe, you liked kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew it was the right place to go. So we had a little a little chat before um, <clears throat> sitting down here today, and you told me that you moved out to Japan for a while after you'd finished <clears throat> your uh, studies at art college. Yeah. Is, that, is that true? Yeah, that yeah. Correct? Well, obviously it's true. I yeah. Know, <laughs> I don't think you lied to me. But yeah. <laughs> so and whilst you were there, you you said that that's the kind of period you got into music or started yeah, to well, take, more, start more listening to music a bit more seriously deeply or? I yeah. guess like I would obviously I'd always liked music um and just before I went like the last year in uni my friend I did a pop opera with my my friend he writes <laughs> Stephen Crow his name is he writes like operas with opera singers now um but he was we wow. lived together at uni and yeah he wrote like a pop opera called Dash Fish Gold, and he'd heard me singing in my bedroom to Dido. <laughs> I've never sang in my life. Like, I didn't think that I had any sort of musical talent. No one in my family was, you know, musical yeah. or, or anything like that. So then, yeah, he'd heard me singing in my bedroom, and then he asked me to sing on this pop opera. So I did that, and I, you know, I love doing that, but it's so, I guess that sort of planted a a seed but I still didn't see myself as a musician of any so this is this is before you moved this is before I went to Japan, Japan. Yeah. yeah yeah so then um yeah I went and taught English over there for a while and um I hadn't act, I, I mean I know it's strange but like because I'm from Manchester but I wasn't really aware of Joy Division because I suppose it was just like the generation before or you know before me kind of thing and um or oh, t- two or whatever, but like, yeah, I mean, I would have heard Love Will Tear Us Apart, but I didn't, I watched like 24 hour party people and I, so I was walking around the streets of Japan, just like super getting into <laughs> Joy Division and the fall, like just loving it. To- and then, you know, I kind of got onto like Tom Tom Waits and Duke Ellington. And so so w- <clears throat> was the people, was there uh, people there who were 
getting yeah. you onto that music or yeah. is it a self-discovery or um yeah people I knew you know yeah and a bit of self-discovery but I mean most of the stuff I was discovering was really old music do you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> so, but um so yeah that definitely kind of like you know piqued my interest and then when I came back to Liverpool I was I was living with a musician at the time and we were fortunate enough to have like uh, a music room <laughs> so um and and then I just started to go out to a lot of gigs and at the time there was just like so I mean there was just so many amazing bands in Liverpool and I was just like oh my god that just looks like so much fun and um <clears throat> and then people told me um, that the bass would be the quickest way to get into a band <laughs> yeah Although you know, I think place. it's undervalued as a <laughs> the musicianship because obviously the feel that a bass player has is something that not all uh, guitar players can do by any means. That I own my yeah, of course, opinion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. I started to uh, learn the bass, and I got a guitar around then as well, and. Um, yeah, I just knew so many musicians, like artists, musicians. And so like the way that I learned, I had a little book, but I just invite people over to have jams, you know, so. Um, and what was the, what was the actual, so to kind of go back to Japan, because I've kind of, you know, um, heard that the culture there, it's, it's, it's quite different to a kind of, I guess, European culture. And would you uh, say that's true and is, did that in any way kind of change the experience of getting into the music while you were out there or did, um, would you say that wasn't really much you know had much of an impact on how you discovered music or I, how uh, you enjoyed music out there well it was like you know I have a lot of amazing memories of walking around the streets of Japan listening to music that you know I was super excited by so um what were the people there uh, you know i mean we were kind of aware that japan's really into um music and in certainly certain western um you know yeah, musical no, stars. well there was you know i had a lot of friends who were going to more gigs than i did but i and i mean i um but no I, I suppose i didn't really sort of touch on that a lot no. then i mean my one of uh one of the projects that have on the go now, ET Soul Sister, the the other person who's involved in that, she she lived in Japan for longer than I did, and she was in loads of bands there. So she, so I learned more about the music culture about Japan after I'd I'd left because you know I wasn't in bands. She played in bands there, yeah. and she said it sounds amazing. Like a lot of it sounds a lot more experimental and. Um, I guess it, it, yeah. it changes, like every, everywhere, doesn't it? The culture changes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're yeah, back to Liverpool because you've just you were starting to talk about um, the kind of band culture. You start yeah. to immerse yourself in and learning, yeah, yeah. learning the bass. And yeah. you mentioned to me previously that you were in a, a band. You joined temporarily a band called Melody the Cronk, which I'm aware of. I'm sure. <laughs> I think you know lots of people um, of my kind of generation right. from you know have been been involved in music in Liverpool well, would have been aware of our band right so what, what was what was that experience like what how did you come to join Melody de Cronk and what was um, my experience like well like mutual friends like I knew Harry uh Sumner who who was, it was his project really but Harry and um James Pagella both played with Pop Levi as well at the time um so so yeah I uh, 
think it was just from going to a lot of gigs, you know, and like, you know, still friends with a lot of people from art school um, who would who was still there at the time so yeah just through like mutual friends and going to gigs and and then you did you <laughs> form the sea witches the the, the, um, the band yeah that yeah that's i, I formed sea witches well yeah. known for which again is a, also a well-known <laughs> band and uh, oh. yeah yeah no well um in liverpool yeah yeah formed so what, what was but i mean what i was going to say was the great thing about um melody de Cronk was that you know harry had been playing the bass for like 14 years and i was like just learning his part so it kind of like it was a real it taught me so much do you know what i mean so yeah. i went from like quite simple stuff to then having to play you know quite proficient good <laughs> so well, that no, was, yeah yeah we uh, i think about well, like, every um, musician <laughs> and creative has to go through that process off often yeah. it is someone that kind of like hands yeah. you hands that knowledge down yeah. to you isn't it you know it's yeah. kind of the, the crafts you know it's yeah. a, it is a craft isn't it but i mean the while i was doing that at the same time i'd started writing songs and um then again then i met the co-founder of sea witches laura in um another friend of mine's bedroom and we just started jamming together so uh, laura who was um one of them the yeah the co-founding sea witch um she couldn't well she'd only just started to learn to play as well so actually i'd been playing a little bit longer than her um so we we learned how to play together and then we just started to write songs together um and then as we were sort of starting to get ready to sort of play live that's when i left um i just solely wanted to focus on my own stuff so i left um left melody to cronk yeah. And from the and what what where did the name um, did you have a kind of concept of like what you'd wanted to do with the band and <laughs> name? Kind well, of initially we thought about along. like we liked the name the Woods, but there was already a metal band in uh, in America that were called the Woods, and like for ages when we were coming up with names, loads of heavy metal band names <laughs> were the ones that we liked. <laughs> but like yeah, one night we'd just been songwriting, and I think we would had a few drinks and stuff, and. Um, I remember how we arrived at Sea Witches, but Laura said she just woke up a bit morning in the morning with a hangover with Sea Witches written on her hands. Mm, <laughs> she wow. didn't remember how we got to it. <laughs> it but I think it was just a like... A supernatural act. Well, I really loved um, the story, Hans, the Little Mermaid, as a kid, the Hans Christian Andersen yeah. one. So yeah, I yeah. think it was kind of like... and we Well, we both liked it, you know, so we kind of wanted to rebrand what the, the image of a, a sea witch you know um yeah okay we're gonna listen to a first track here uh joe uh skyscraper uh, do you want to uh, this isn't by the sea witches is it uh, do you no, want to just this briefly is, um, introduce this track yeah it's uh i'll et soul sister sky skyscraper
Okay, great. That was skyscraper. That sounded brilliant. That. Do you want, so that, that you wanted to tell us a little bit about when that track was recorded, um, and, and, and that's a, a duo you you formed. Yeah, it. yeah. So well, nice. we finished it last year, or, or about a year and a half ago, I think. We've got um, so Et Soul Sisters, a project that I'm doing with a, well, a old a fellow, a former Sea Witch. Uh, she was a bass player in Sea Witches for, for a while, um, but she has to go back to Australia. So um, we carried on writing music together. Well, actually, she's written all the music and I've just like, you know, <laughs> uh, wailed all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we've got like quite a few songs on the go, but the the, the lady that produced that track is also a former Sea Witch Um who was the guitar player in Sea Witches? Because it had the band had quite a few different, you know, incarnations. Um, but yeah, Sophie Ellison, she's got a band called Hussy in London. They're they're amazing, and um, hopefully we'll be working with her to finish a few more Et Soul cool. sister tracks in the future. Because yeah, I went over to visit Sask as well in Melbourne, so we did a we did an Et Soul sister gig cool. over there. Yeah. So you've been, you, 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 you just obviously, you know, you, you stay creative and like working, you like collaborating with people, obviously. Yeah. So on that kind of note, I mean, do you, do you, do you find it hard to kind of remain creative in the, you know, and with the pressures of like uh, life, the kind of life it isn't creative, you know, all the kind of, you know, mon- the mundane, mundane elements of life, do you find it hard to, to remain creative? And do you think that, um, the self-imposed pressure we put on upon ourselves that comes from <laughs> cultural ideas of success yeah. do you think that adds extra pressure to kind of try oh, to yeah. remain creative and what you uh how we like put our own measures of, of uh success on you know our creative output well um i don't think it's hard to remain cre- it's, well fortunately i've never found it hard to remain creative like it's always there when i'm ready to show up you know something is usually there the more you show up but I think I definitely without you know throughout I mean so see which is with together for a long time and different incarnations but like I I know that I did put an enormous amount of pressure on myself that almost you know that stifled me sometimes you know because you're trying to like wanting desperately to do x y and z with the band and you know and um and is yeah. that kind of like the, 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 the um, where you kind of like looking for like uh, or placing goals that kind of like the society and culture, you know, like I want to be on Jules Holland, you know, um, I want, I want I a think, record deal. I think I only you know. ever really wanted to just be able to do it more, like without having yeah. to do anything else. You yeah. Know, like that, I think just that was... Do it professionally, essentially. Yeah, just to do it more and to gig more and, you know, like, yeah, obviously it'd be great. It would have been nice to have reached a, a wider audience, but it was really... All of that always felt kind of secondary. It was just about wanting to be able to do it all all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the well, of course, time. it's yeah. it defines yeah. you. So it kind of defines you, doesn't it? When you, when you kind of when you become that engaged in it, that involved in it, and you, you kind of you're getting that much kind of buzz out of it, it kind of yeah. starts to define your existence more and more, doesn't it? I guess. And yeah, yeah, I suppose and then, so. And then you, I guess, you wanna. That make you want to hold on to it more and um, kind of become well. I mean, the thing with being more anxious about losing it, maybe I don't know. Well, 
I guess you know when you're in it, when you're in a band, you know you there's their own your own pressures you've put on yourself, the ones that you've collected from different points in your life, society's general pressures, and then everyone else in that band. So it's like, I think, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like playing in bands have been such like a big learning curve about about myself through just the relationships I've had with other people in the band like because you know it's not just like a friendship the the band and the music becomes like the baby <laughs> do you know what like yeah so yeah. there's a so there's a press you know there's all sorts of pressures around that and I, I think that I just like had put yeah too much pressure about what I thought I needed to do rather than just like you know go with the flow of it listen to my intuition and allow things to ebb and flow and evolve like it was you know I was so when I was in Sea Witches like I was just manic on the go all <laughs> all the the time doing yeah. Sea Witches and then obviously because of you know trying to yeah um, and what, what what was the kind of result of that was there a kind of inevitable kind of result the kind of as a result of that you know the kind of pressure and you kind of well I think it can st I think when you I think when I left Sea Witches after a while, I was still in the habit of putting that kind of pressure on myself, but, um, and I'd let it stifle, it, it stifled me for a little bit. Like I was in the process of slowing down, but also like, yeah, just sort of, yeah, it was, it, it stopped me for a little bit. Not, I mean, not, not fully, like thankfully I've always managed to maintain that connection. So I'm always, I'm always doing something or another, but I think, you know, over the last few years I've been trying to like work on clearing or getting, you know, becoming aware of like my layers of conditioning about what I think I should be and how I need mm. to explain myself and yeah. who I am in the world and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, as I'm sort of pulling back those, layers because largely it's you know yeah bullshit that <laughs> 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 um that I, I feel like it's given me a lot more energy now to sort yeah. of do and explore different things i think i think we all fall i think we've all fallen into that trap you know you, you, it's a kind of it's the guess it's the kind of like the process of um you know the journey towards wisdom isn't it and kind of a greater understanding and awareness yeah. you know you kind of you just at first instance you kind of like you, you kind of just set a a goal that's maybe kind of like one that's kind of very visible a very kind of visible cultural goal you know that kind of society gives you and then you just chase after that and then it's only upon embarking on that you know you know journey towards that goal that you kind of start to maybe question what is this goal is it is it the is it the right goal for me is it you know yeah what, um, yeah, I mean, I think I was doing the right thing, but I just think I'd put too much pressure on myself, yeah. like, and what I need, you know, and I think that was just not like healthy to do so to do that. But what I mean, what I wanted, because I, I do like, I honestly believe that if we were all um, told as kids just to like follow what, do what you love, no doubts, don't worry about anything, just 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 do what you love and follow that, or let the kids just like you know follow their lead with things that the world would like look completely differently because I do like I think if you're able to do that without any doubts then you'll just find 
you'll get what you need and you'll be able to do yeah. whatever you want to you'll do. You'll find your own place. Yeah, and you? I think that is the truth of it. But we're told mm -hmm. different stories about what we, you know, we need X, Y, and Z and you, you can't, music isn't a proper job or, you know, all this, like all these nonsense yes stories and and they're not true you know no, and, not and, true. And, <laughs> I wish I found, well, no <laughs> I, i'm happy at where i'm at now but like i think if i could speak to my younger self yeah. or younger people it's just like yeah forget all this it's also it's it's, it's where we what we used to be as as, as a as a culture you know um you know my partner jude is um very much into history and as a writer you know she's always kind of saying you know the most valued people at at court, you know, and the kind of times of like uh, feudal times where the where the jesters and the troubadours, because right. they were the most valued, you know, and the, okay. the most the most rewarded in terms of right um, fin financial um, financial reward, um, and slowly that's kind of like being eroded from our culture, yeah. I think, isn't it? That, but that it's not even about that, the rewards or accolades, is it? Do you know what I mean? No, but it's yeah, like... but it's also just kind of like it was a, it was a it was a real valued meaningful role within within that culture right and uh you know and i guess it didn't really have um many other kind of like tiers of definition it was just like you were that fit role right. and that, and that well, was that you know it's like i think you're still seeing different cultures today like in in different parts of india and, and africa music still more mm. prevalent yeah and like everybody you know S yeah. more people play and sing and they're Culturally, all amazing yeah, yeah. but we're told that there's only these select few yeah. that are able to be stars yeah. and the rest of us it's just a hobby it's like no music is like yeah it's part of our soul do you know what i mean it's so deep and it's like i feel like that's what we're missing in this culture in a way and that when you get caught when even for myself being in that band getting caught up in those ideas about what you should be rather than knowing like you know you work with other young people that play music and loads of them are just amazing right yeah like, absolutely there's not just a select few that are the yes that that's you know that's, that's one of the biggest myths i think you know i kind of say it as a, i kind of call it i always say it's a myth kind of like a, a modern myth or a cultural myth that you know um i kind of say it's the kind of like the myth of um you know, kind of uh, exceptionalism is what I kind of like how I define it. It's this myth of, ex of, of exceptionalism that only accept an exceptional few, which are the ones yeah. that we kind of see yeah. on the pedestals of, of our, you know, uh, yeah. culture, media media culture. They're exceptional, and that's yeah, and it's, yeah. that it's only because they're exceptional. That's what's yeah. been the single, single biggest factor that's got them there, and it, it is a myth. Yeah, it's just yeah. talent, 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 and the innate creativity is just in well, everyone what, tie, what is tied up with that is like this competition this competition myth that like and people trying to sound like each other and because you know like when we're all we don't need to be in competition with each other no. either you know but the way that the music industry is set up it's like yeah you know yeah. i've heard stories in the past where i mean obviously i know it works completely differently now but years ago they'd they'd take on one band that was similar to one band they already had just to sort of play them off one one another you know and it's just like it's just so backwards you know we all need to find our own you Absolutely. know our own voice with yeah. it with it all but not just with music just with like trusting our you know yeah, yeah, right. Ourselves, our, our intuition, our, what we feel is right for us, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And so, would you say, 
now that you kind of so you talked about you know kind of peeling back these these layers and kind of get, getting you know closer to how you know a kind of a I guess I guess a more personal truth about how you want to define yourself in, in terms of being a creative. Would you say it's kind of like now you have uh, it, music and your creativity creativity is given gives you like a greater kind of support. Uh, framework or, or structure in terms of your, your mental uh, um, emotional well-being and may, maybe that's not been the case in the past or it's always been the case or so you know how does how does that you know how does how does that um how does your expression of creativity and how you've decided to express your creativity how does that uh, give you a kind of a a, 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 a better coping mechanisms in terms of like mental and emotional well-being um well yeah yeah i mean i started doing yoga funnily enough the same time i started doing music and i definitely say you know both of those attributed to um staying sane <laughs> um uh in, in periods when you've not done music because i know you were your period um you know where you were you're teaching my photography i was still doing it but then. did you did you feel when you're kind of being creative is that when you kind of feel most uh i guess um i'm trying to think of a word it's kind of like you know um you, you know it, everything fits together for you in terms of like you kind of like your, your, your emotional well, and one mental of the well-being. things i guess yeah. um but I think you without, know, so I, without I think that, doing, you... I think well, I think it's like it's it's about doing what you love, and if you're doing if you're spending your time doing what you love, then there's like meaning in that, and I think you know we all need we all need that, right? So absolutely, that yeah. definitely impacts yeah. your you know your yeah. overall well well being definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, like doing gigs and even uh, I've definitely felt the most alive doing performances. And I think like, you know, as I've got like more into different um, sort of spiritual stuff, like, you know, I can remember moments doing gigs where you're in full present, good ones, at least like when you're in full presence and like, you know, time distorts completely like it feels like it's either been a second or an eternity and you're not sure and just your whole awareness like everything can kind of like shift in those moments you know um I think that definitely like having those experiences like piqued my curiosity about the nature of reality you know and you know meditation and 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 well speaking speaking of that I think it might be time for the second track okay um so this is kind of like uh, if you want to introduce that um for us it's called into your heart yeah it's just a work in progress like totally demo a demo it's sort of song slash sound healing um which i'll tell you more yeah about. we'll talk about more after the track yeah brilliant yeah
Okay, great. That was uh, into your heart. Um, so, this is kind of a, 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 this is kind of more a more recent thing, which is um, your movement to kind of uh, shamanism and 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 sound healing. So, if you want to, yeah. Maybe just well, tell us a I bit mean, I'm that. still writing regular songs and doing collaborations, and that's sort of part regular song, part sound healing. It was an opening to a, I do like monthly, um, yeah group distance sound healings and and sort of healings um so that was just a little snippet off off of that but um yeah I've kind of like over the last since about 2014 I've really sort of got into um shamanism started practicing shamanic journeying which is kind of like dreaming while you're awake sort of thing because I mean one of the reasons that kind of got me into doing that is well I'm like really in interested in dreams and um you know dreams have always like hugely influenced my lyrics and the music sometimes like some music would come into me in dreams more often than not though it would be lyrics um so a lot of sea witches songs were influenced by dreams and you know like laura and i would um yeah we had some funny psychic dream experiences actually because <laughs> we were really like kind of like quite in in sync and that's been the were case they, with a lot of people were they helped along with, with anything or hey they, were they helped along with anything organic or what the the dreams the dreams well they, they turn into songs you yeah. know um but um yeah, so I started shamanic journey in 2014 and um the last sea witches ep um called into love is all the lyrics are pretty much inspired by shamanic journeys um would you say so would you say um that how you've kind of um so with that in mind you know you're the you know the the shamanic element of of your life that you've embraced and you you know you're, you're of a creative um output you know and activity you know with music do you think that's kind of like does that actually shape how you see the world in terms of like so that the the bigger kind of philosophical questions we might have about why are we here and sense of purpose and stuff like that do you think that's that's um that kind of basically provides you with some kind of answers to those kind of questions and maybe even kind of like how you see you know how you might look upon 
things that you, you know other people like worry about you know maybe you don't worry about those things because you kind of you've kind of got like a, better, a better reckoning about what the what it, you know what you need to worry about and what like dying not <laughs> paying the paying the bills mainly but like dying you know taxes and death that's kind of one of the two kind of uh, things you're always kind of guaranteed in this life isn't it but yeah you know those kind of like you know life pressures does it kind of give you a better perspective on maybe life pressures because you kind of like you've got this uh, you know philosophical well, stance I think, that you know, creativity is giving you a, being creative and like it's always been about trying to for me I think I'm like trying to find seeking some sort of truth you know yeah so that's why I did art that's why I did done music and I've led to shamanism and they're sort of like you know intertwining um yeah I mean yeah it's definitely impacting how I experience the world I mean because like since I left since see which is stopped like um I slowed down for the first time in years and that's when I started like and we had and where we were living at the time had a garden this big beautiful tree in it and um I started to sit and meditate with the tree and like just slow down um so I mean I'm trying to answer your question because like yeah the way that I, I think that you know we're so much more connected to the earth and nature because we are nature but we're kind of like somehow somehow we forget this and I think that like under starting to understand to that and feel into that and remember what our ancestors knew yeah is is something that's really important to me at the moment um so yeah as I so even though I've been like yeah doing shamanic journey and reading loads since for a long time now like the last three years I'd say or four actually I've started to sort of yeah fall into that a bit a bit more um and remember that <clears throat> you know we can all kind of communicate with nature if we want to like it's it's something that our ancestors did and that's something that I've been doing like going out well something this is what I'm kind of working on what I'll be working on next is like you know going out into nature sitting being quiet connecting and to the trees and the land. And we could yeah, well, we could talk about that after. If we, yeah. I think it's a good time to play the, the yeah. last track, which is Ode to a Tree, and then we can maybe talk about what you what you okay. what you plan to well, do next. Okay. How about that? Okay. Yeah.
Okay, that was out to a tree. That was great. <laughs> Joe, so... Well, that, that's a snippet, actually, of yeah, like a longer so you're meditation be, you're beginning that to say, It's on YouTube, that one. Like, so like a longer okay, sound, yeah, cool. sound Maybe we can put a link healing up to that. meditation. So you're beginning thing. to talk about, you know, what you want to do next and how this yeah. how that kind of fits well i'm together. still i'm still doing um i still want to finish more et soul sing uh soul sister songs like so that's like an ongoing thing um but yeah i'm just like wanting to well i'm planning to sort of take a trip where i've got like the opportunity to go and sit in the forest basically for a few weeks and just sort of quiet down and and sing like with the trees like to see what you know, because it's almost like I think there's like old songs that are stored in the in the land and the trees. And I, I kind of, you know, I've been sort of tapping into those sort of things in with shamanic journeys and, and just with music. It's like, you know, when you're in a flow state, I think that that there's something quite magical that happens when you sort of like you literally feels like you bring in stuff through. I mean, obviously, it's part of who you are. But sometimes when you've really connected, it, it's something, it feels like you're tapping into something um, more, you know, which I don't, which I think is really interesting. So like when I've sat out with the, the land and I've been singing, I feel like I'm connecting with the, the earth and the trees in a way that, you know, in a way that my ancestors would have done, except we don't know them, yeah. you know, except those witches were all <laughs> killed but it's i think that's something that's in our you know it's in our blood it's in our dna that Absolutely, our, yeah. our ancestors yeah. were which that knew the earth was alive and the trees were alive and that we were you know had this re reciprocal relationship yeah. with them that i feel like right now is something that's really important that we understand that that we remember, you yeah. know, that it isn't about leaves, trees just producing X, Y carbon. They're, they're alive, you know, we need them. They're alive. And there's like a, there's a deeper relationship than the one. Yeah. Maybe this is knowledge we've lost, isn't it? And yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I, I hope that's something we can, um, yeah. regain and recapture and return to. Um, I think we're kind of running out of okay. time here, Joe. So is there any, any uh, thing you want to direct people to, you know, where they can check out more about you? Um, uh, just music? on my website, joeherring.com. Okay, There's cool. loads of my music and sound healings and stuff like that all on there. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very okay. much for coming yeah. on this podcast. It's been fun. Um, Thanks, Tom. It's been, been a pleasure. <laughs> We've learned so much about you there. Okay, thanks so much. That was Joe Herring. Uh, so that's the uh, that'll do it for this first podcast. Uh, what music means to me? Um, please uh, like and comment, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Thanks very much. <laughs>